I had a very strange childhood. I had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. So it wasn't even a week ago that I posted about Botox, and it was an article that actually was entitled, A Woman Who Got Botox to Even Out Her Smile Says the Injection Spread Across Her Face, and Now She Has a Lisp and a Paralyzed Half Face. And it went on, actually, to say her doctor said he could correct it by injecting the other side with Botox, and she went against it. And I remember when I posted it, I actually got a lot of people that that wrote me and kind of exposed themselves, I think, in somewhat for getting Botox, which I have no judgment for. And that's not what this podcast is about. It's not actually to get you to not do Botox, but it is for you to become informed uh, because Botox is an incredibly poisonous substance. It's one of the strongest neurotoxins on earth. And after posting that, I, I saw a lot of people kind of sticking up for Botox and saying it's completely safe, which isn't actually true. And I'm going to bring a guest on today, not to talk about that part, but to bring on the alternatives to Botox, because I think that's where medicine usually fails. We say you have pills or you have surgery, that's it, when in reality, you have hundreds of options out there. And that's what we're about at Innovative Medicine. And even if you look at the history, we, we put an article up on innovativemedicine.com not long ago, talking about how Botox has been used for a long time. My father, doctor, knew about Botox, but not as we know it today. It was actually used for people with spasms, with disorders of uncontrollable muscle twitches, and also spinal cord injuries. And it was a lifesaver in some, but it was a very, very last resort. And then it wasn't until 1985 that they took this incredibly toxic substance and a plastic surgeon injected it into the forehead of someone and noticed that it actually had this pronounced effect on totally flattening it out, paralyzing all the muscles. So then in 2002, Botox Cosmetic came around with allergen starting the whole trend and lots of other companies have, have jumped on board. And in reality, Botox has become so prevalent that it is the most popular non-invasive cosmetic procedure now. There's been over four and a half million, I think, injections in the last year. And here's the wild part is that during the pandemic, more and more people turned to Botox because they were seeing themselves in Zooms more and started to say, I don't like how I look. And the thing is, that's fine. It's fine to address things that you don't like in yourself, but how you go about it and the detrimental side effects must be talked about as well. And in our article, we actually posted a fascinating study from the University of Zurich entitled, Altered Cortical Activation from the Hand After Facial Botulinum Toxin Treatment. And that was the title, but let me get into what they actually found and spell it out just a little bit more. And they found that limited paralysis of facial muscles induced during cosmetic inter uh, interventions designed to smooth lines and wrinkles of the face is sufficient to alter the cortical processing of tactile inputs from the hand. So basically what they were saying is your ability to sense the world through your touch and your hands 
may be negatively affected by the injection of Botox in the face, which I found is wild, but at the same time, sort of understand it. You're injecting a toxin into an area where there are lots of neurons, lots of nerves right near the brain. And we know everything works together is interrelated. So the fact that actually impacted hand and your, your tactile ability to sense things with your hands made total sense. Now, where it could go from there, we don't know. And again, I'm not here to say you shouldn't get Botox, but I am here to say, maybe you could try something else. And that's why I'm bringing on someone we know very dearly here at the center, our own clinical director and our own anti-aging expert, Aaron Mushaw. And Aaron, thanks for being on. And I know you've looked at tons of different options out there for anti-aging, rejuvenation, all these different things. I want you to just spell out in simple terms, what are people's options outside of Botox that can be considered safer and something they should be looking at? So first I wanna to touch on things that you can do at home. Um, yes, there are procedures that are more naturally based that will help to increase collagen and elastin, help with fine lines and wrinkles. But first and foremost, the skin is an outer reflection of what's going on inside your body. Mm -hmm. So there are things that are going to destroy collagen, sugar being number one, <laughs> um, dehydration, caffeine, alcohol. These are all things that you know you need to keep control of. Cut off the sugar. Do a month or two where you're not having any alcohol. I know a lot of people do like to have wine at dinner, but that's going to impact um, your skin. A lot of people don't drink enough water. Um, caffeine, even though people think, oh, it's just a little bit of coffee here and there, but it's a diuretic. It's going to keep you up at night. It's going to impact your cortisol production, which is going to increase your stress levels. It's going to make your skin look dull, tired. You're going to develop bags under your eyes. So these are just basic things that you can do at home. So that would be number one. Number two is sticking to a good um, skincare routine. So that would be at least a three-step program. So Cleansing, toning, moisturizing every day. If you want to get a little bit fancier, you can add a serum. You can always add night creams. You can do weekly masks. But if you want to know, you know, some procedures that are more naturally based, especially ones that we offer here. I know a lot of other places kind of offer some similar treatments, but the biggest thing you want to do is to help increase collagen and elastin. So there's nothing going to be like Botox where it's going to freeze your muscle. There's nothing like that available. So I'm not here to bash Botox either, but I am going to offer some options for people who want to go a more natural route. So the first thing would be something that's not invasive. So I'm going to start with the least invasive first. So there's something called um, Dermatude. It's a machine and products that were developed in the Netherlands, and that is called Metaject therapy. So instead of microneedling with needles, it's done with kind of microplastics. And it creates like tiny little micro perforations in the skin that allow the machine to push product in to kind of stimulate um, collagen growth factors, but also help depending on the product line that's used. So they have multiple serums, whether it's for hyperpigmentation, um, hydration, uh, stem cell renewal. And so sitting with somebody who's, you know, a professional to look at your skin to kind of analyze what your skin needs, because there is no kind of one size fits all treatment. So that would be number one, that can be done every two to three weeks. Another one would be microneedling with PRP. So that's gonna be a step above the Medeject therapy because that's done with sterilized needles. That's actually gonna cause a break in the skin. You're gonna see some bleeding. So microneedling on its own is gonna also increase collagen, some growth factors there, help build and um, treat elastin. But if you wanna take it even a step above, um, we can do PRP with it, which is where we pull your blood out we spin it in a centrifuge. We're going to separate the red cells and from the plasma. 
We're gonna take that plasma, which is full of growth factors and rub it onto the skin after we um, have needled your skin. So it's gonna help push that PRP deeper. So think of the dermatube, but kind of on steroids a little bit. So that's not done as frequently. It's done, you know, maybe once a month, every six weeks. Um, you're gonna be more red afterwards. You're gonna have a few days of downtime, whereas the dermatube, you can leave, you can go out afterwards, you're not super red. And then if you want it to be a little bit more aggressive, you can also in between your microneedling or dermatude appointments, you can throw in a laser. So we offer a really great laser from Israel. Um, the company's called Alma, it's called the ClearLift. It's a Q-switch laser. It's gonna go deep beneath the epidermis um, and kind of create ablations underneath. So it's non-ablative on top, meaning it's not going to take off any skin. Uh, you can leave directly afterwards. You're not gonna be super red, but it's gonna create these perforations deep beneath the skin so that collagen kind of rushes in to rebuild. So it's kind of stimulating it from the inside out versus the other treatments that are doing it directly on top. And that only takes about 15 to 20 minutes. That's done every three weeks. Obviously you need a good cycle of those. You can't just do one and, and expect to receive a great benefit. You need to do a, a good series. So we're talking at least six to eight treatments. Um, and the other thing I'm gonna mention, which is really big because it's kind of controversial in um, I wanna say more of the integrative field because everybody knows how toxic sunscreens are. However, we have tested some that are more safe. Please, whatever you do, wear sunscreen in the, in, in the sun that is going to age your skin faster than anything else. And I know you're shaking your head at me, um, but the skin damage you see in your 40s and 50s that occurred in your 20s. So, you know, everybody needs to be very careful, even if it's cold outside and you don't, you don't think you're getting any sun exposure, that's really important. Okay. I agree with you. All right. I'm not going to knock you on the sunscreen as long as in it's not toxic. Years, I'm I, do a side I, I know, no, but that's the thing. I love the sun. I love my vitamin D level. I love just being out without sun or applying anything onto my skin, but I also understand the risks of it too. And I think if I were a woman who is really worried about that, I would absolutely be much more prone to wearing more sunscreen more of the time. Me, I don't mind my, you know, wrinkles and everything as I age. Well, let's, let's And see I have you to okay. do PRP and lasers <laughs> and everything else. So that's also part of the reason I can go without sunscreen, even though I do wear it. It's not to say I just try and, you know, go, go without it as much as possible. But well, for men, I think, you know, men start to age and it's sexy. Women start to age and all of a sudden <laughs> that's not sexy, right? So there's a stigma here. There's like, for men, it's okay, but women, it's not. So it's still well, important to do. I think we need to change the aging um, for women, right? It's, it should be okay to age gracefully and naturally. We shouldn't have to feel like um, from media or the TV or looking at Instagram pro posts from the before and afters, like we have to look a certain way, you know, no matter what you do, how well you eat, how well you take care of your skin, wrinkles and aging is inevitable. There's no way to completely halt that as of now. <laughs> um, so as a society in general, we need to embrace that. I completely agree with you. And I think we talk about, and I think you, you chose one of your handles at Age Artfully, right? Um, uh, is, is about understanding that we all age. It's a process of life. Wrinkles are a process of life over time. In some ways it shows you smiled a lot, right? Or, or did, or showed emotion, whatever it is. But that is a process of life. And I think the advent of things like Botox 
went against that natural aging process. And I do think it gave us an unnatural expectation where women in 50s and 60s have such a, a solid face, right? That's pulled back and stretched across them. But I have to say for us to look at that and say that is natural, that's not right. And you're right, a much more natural should be applauded. And we should almost be looking at unnatural as, well, we know unnatural is usually not healthy. Usually it turns into something else and it turns into a kind of, you know, a, a search for more and more that is unhealthier and unhealthier. So I completely agree that I think there are lots of social dynamics involved in aging that has pushed so many to seek Botox. And I don't think it's at all about feeling guilty if you have or judgment and if you want to go ahead. But again, understand that there are implications there are negative adverse reactions to it. And who knows even the long-term implications of a heavy toxin being injected and possibly going into certain areas and causing some damage. And now that you have these alternatives, why not seek them? Because I think you can then age very well and not look unnatural because you're actually taking things that are applied naturally. One of those that I know became very big years ago that we applied, but I wanna go into just a little bit more is PRP. And we know Kim Kardashian popularized it with the vampire facial as they say, but PRP has come a long way. And I know we actually have two advanced ways and I was hoping you could just touch on that briefly on a concentrated version with our true dose and then activation with light. So can you talk about how PRP has evolved and what we're applying that changes it from what the Kardashians may have applied many years ago? Well, when you're talking about something like True Dose, which is a, it's a different therapy, but can also be used for anti-aging, um, hair growth, uh, it can be injected into joints, it's depending on what we wanna use it for, but we use AI, so artificial intelligence, to kind of calculate how much PRP your body specifically needs. So. A general PRP procedure would just be to draw a set amount of blood, spin that blood, and then take the PRP and inject it or apply it wherever. Um, in this situation, we're taking a drop of your blood first. We're putting it on a slide and we're putting it into a computer system that's taking hundreds of photographs at once and then giving a, um, a platelet count. And based off that platelet count, that's when AI goes in and it says, okay, based off this particular patient's platelet count, this is how much blood you need to draw in order to get this amount of PRP to help stimulate growth factors. For the true dose procedure, which is also anti-aging, um, that's more done internally. So that's gonna help lay the foundation for your body to create stem cells or generate new stem cells over time. Uh, we can also use that for the face. So sometimes patients will come in and we'll do a dual procedure. So we'll do um, the true dose therapy, which is where we're injecting that PRP intravenously, and then we're taking the extra and we're applying it to the skin and using microneedling. And when we talk about here with microneedling with PRP, we don't just do that as one procedure. We're also adding things on to kind of expedite, expedite the healing process. We're using special masks to help calm down the redness in the skin afterwards. We're putting on um, special gels that have stem cell cytokines in it to speed up the healing process. We're using special lights like Bioptron to increase the circulation. So it's more than just a couple of things. We're kind of using a multitude of modalities to achieve um, the best results. 
And if you had someone that said, listen, I'm not ready for the procedures yet, but I do want to take some actions and, and do it in a more natural way, not chemically based, what would be some of your top products or even brands that you could recommend to people? So we're we talking product brands or more so just some something more natural like a facial? I would say product brand, something that someone could look into, purchase and keep in their house and apply maybe on a nightly or daily basis or something that can help them and know it's not toxic or chemically based. So um, one of my favorite lines is Fido 5. It's from France. Um, however, it, it does have essential oils in it. So if you're sensitive to essential oils, I'm going to tell you something else to use. But those essential oils are found and formulated um, in, in the Swiss Alps. So that whole line is based off the five Chinese elements. So wood, water, earth, metal, um, water. And each of those elements is going to correspond with this, um, a pair of organs. So the line isn't just working kind of on top of your skin. It's also helping from an energetic standpoint, which mm. could be a whole other you know, podcast on how oh, yeah. that line works. But you know, the basis of that um, skincare line, which I love, is it's based seasonally. So you're changing your products based on what season you're in. And so your skin is going to go through changes just like the season done. It does when it's humid outside, um, when it's dry, when it's more cold. So you're going to change your products based on that. Um, and you're going off of the TCM, so the Chinese medicine calendar on when to switch. And they have a whole line from day creams to night creams, uh, face wash, eye creams, even masks that you can do at home, which are actually the same masks that we use in the treatment with their Phyto5 uh, bio drainer, which is going to help stimulate lymphatic drainage. So that would be number one. Um, and that's really easy. And they also sell a great, it's called a Phyto Ether Serum. Uh, which you can also put in a diffuser, you can put in a bathtub. So there's a multitude of uses for that line. It goes more than just physical, like I said. And then there's another line that's more naturally based out of New Zealand called Sirene. And that's kind of based on minerals and things from the sea. So that's not going to have essential oils in it, but it's going to bring a lot of moisture to the skin. So if you're looking for something more natural, but that's not essential oil based, I would go something with that. No, those are great tips. And uh, I think anyone listening, you know, it all comes down to the foundation of things, right? As you started this off, if you're eating like crap, lots of sugar, if you're constantly dehydrated and drinking lots of sugar, if you're drinking multiple cups of coffee a day, if you have a little bit of wine and maybe a little bit more on the weekend all the time, if you're stressed all the time, and if you get poor sleep, which is, again, I think I just named like 90% of the American population there, you're probably going to age at a more rapid pace. And that alone right. is where it starts. So as, as much as these procedures and even Botox, I would say, as much as even if you include all of that, if you're not getting those foundational things down, you're in a losing battle, you know, and that's, yeah, that's the win. bottom line of it. So if anyone's listening, start there because that's basically free, right? You're cutting mm -hmm. things out. You'll probably be saving money starting there. So start there and then move up into other things and understand there are natural uh, approaches here. As Aaron talked about, Derma2, PRP, lasers, all types of lights. Um, Aaron, I'm just going to point them to innovativemedicine.com to find more about you at this point. I know you have Aaron at nycim.com as well, if anyone wants to reach out and, and contact you about that. And you know we're all about providing the solutions and options 
that are more natural and that can absolutely help to optimize your health while making you look better because that's what it is inside and out. So thank you so much for coming on and, and anyone wants Thanks to reach out. Yeah, reach out to Erin. She is our anti-aging expert and someone that can help you not use Botox and still look your best. So thank you again, Erin. Thank you.